0: Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique wellbeing solutions. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Coot Blackson. Coot has a huge passion for serving and minding others through his work as a transformational teacher, as an inspirational speaker, as a podcaster, a visionary, a guide. He's the best-selling author of You Are The One and The Magic of Surrender. And Coot offers a fresh, bold look at spiritual awareness for a whole new generation. So Coot, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> you're, you're so welcome, man. And I'm delighted to be talking to you today. And Coot, <clears throat> can you start off by telling me a bit about yourself and how you got to hear
1: well, wow. um, let's see. I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. Um, I'm from everywhere and nowhere. I live in the US now and sometimes Mexico. And so as a, as a young boy, I think what also started my spiritual journey was I never felt like I belonged anywhere. I didn't feel like I was from Ghana uh, exclusively. I didn't feel like I was Japanese um, didn't feel like I was British, and so I never felt like I belonged, and I was always questioning where, where am I from, and where is home, and what is my identity, and this began I think at a very young age, a path of questioning myself, and questioning who am I, and I think that took me down a, a very uh, sincere and intensive path of questioning, and questioning, and more questioning, and that took me on a spiritual journey as well. Um, some would say my childhood was a bit unusual in that, I mean, I thought my childhood was quite normal, actually, in that as a young boy, my first memories, um, was, I remember seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand, the gravel that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. You could call that a miracle. And so week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see deaf people here and people stand up out of wheelchairs and the same man whose gravel she picked up would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say hey why, why are you in this wheelchair stand up and he would put his hands on them and they would stand up and uh, somebody would come in with crutches to see him and he would look at the person with crutches and say put your crutches down and touch them and they would be healed and so I grew up around week after week miracles and miracles and miracles and I didn't think that there was anything Particularly special about it. It was just my regular everyday reality. I didn't know any difference. Uh, Some people say, was it real? Is it a scam? I grew up seeing it every day, up close and personal. This man was my father. My father built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa. He was considered the miracle man of Africa. He had a huge church in London at his height 4,000 people there, hundreds of thousands of people in Ghana. Um, a very mystical man, went to India in the 60s and had a kind of enlightenment experience and so was very metaphysical, very spiritual. So I grew up in a very spiritual tradition. And my mother was also, being Japanese, Buddhist. So Mm. I grew up meditating with her and going to church with my father and both of them. And it was a a very eclectic childhood. And it just seemed normal to me, to be honest. And when I was age eight, um, I was thrown on stage one day and in my father's church that is in London. And he said, speak. And that's when my speaking career began and words started flowing out of my mouth. You could say that as an eight year old, I didn't really understand. And that also, I think, made me question. And <clears throat> so from eight to, to onwards, I began speaking every few months, every month, every couple of months I would be thrown on, on stage. And by the time I hit 14, another pivotal shift for me Uh, In terms of my story, I was ordained as a minister, uh, a minister in my father's church. And I was basically announced as the successor to my father's uh, spiritual organization. I was the guy that was supposed to take over everything and take it to the next level. And I knew in that moment that something wasn't right. I knew in that moment that something wasn't quite aligned. Something wasn't quite, uh, didn't resonate with me. And I think like many of us, I allowed fear. To limit me, my fear was if I spoke my truth, if I dared to be who I really am, then <clears throat> I would be outcast, then I would be alone. then I would lose my father's love, then I w- basically would have no community and I a, a, and so I said nothing and for four years I tried to fit myself into a box of being who I thought the world wanted me to be. My dad wanted me to be and it was painful and miserable and depressing and you know, so much internal turmoil. But when I turned 18, a pivotal moment of my life, a shift, um, I had some decisions to make. And this is when my life really shifted. Uh, The trajectory of my life really shifted was when um, I chose not to go to university and I felt my soul calling me to come to America, specifically Southern California, specifically Los Angeles, because this is where all of the self-help authors seem to live. All of the authors, you know, Luis Hay. Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, they all lived in at Los Angeles or San Diego, and 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 I grew up sneaking into my father's office and stealing books off of his bookshelf to read the authors and the, to read their books, and so I felt this calling to come to America and go into this field, and I wanted to impact people, and this is before the internet and before social media and before personal growth was so popular as it is today, and so as a young kid, I felt this soul calling, and I think sometimes when your soul guides you, it often doesn't make sense to your mind. It often doesn't make sense to your logic. It's often not comfortable or convenient. But I really believe through my lived experience, when you you follow your soul, when you listen to your soul without compromise, you will always be guided in the right place, in the right direction, with the right people at the right time. And so I decided to listen to my soul and everything shifted in my life because in that moment I knew what I had to do. In that moment I knew that I had to... Renounce everything and let go of the life I knew, let go of my father, let go of the church, just let, let everything go. And it was terrifying and scary. Sometimes people think that when you find your purpose in life, it's easy and, and, and the, the sort of violins appear and the music plays. And sometimes when you find your life is when the real tests and challenges begin. The soul test that you have to grow through and go through so that you can evolve and grow and develop into becoming the person that is capable of fulfilling the vision. And so I I knew what I had to do, which was basically leave and have a conversation with my father, which was terrifying for me and shifted my life. I told him I'm not taking over, left everything. We didn't speak for two years. Long story short, I ended up winning a green card in the green card lottery that enabled me. To come to the US, come to America, two suitcases, $800 in my pocket, and uh, changed everything. I landed here, went and found many of the teachers, mentors, and authors that I read about, went to, the, went to them, went to their seminars, studied with some of them. Um, and then a few years later, after being in the US, I decided to travel and ended up going to Israel, ended up going to Thailand, ended up walking the Camino in northern Spain, ended up going to India for four months totally revolutionized my life and cracked me open to another dimension of myself and life. And it was really out of that inner transformation, spiritual awakening experience that I came back to LA and began working with people. No idea what I was doing. Again, before coaching was a thing and social media was a thing and started working with people. And I would say that one person came, another person came. I I soon devised my own way of working with people. I called it uncoaching that I, that I don't coach people. I don't teach people. I uncoach, unteach, uncondition people from the patterns of conditioning that we have all developed over time. And so my work grew. And before you knew it, people started coming from around the world and it just expanded, you know, from one person to two to five, to small groups, to larger groups, to larger groups. And, and then years later, two best selling books and, and here we are. So that that's the short version of, of my story. Wow. <clears throat> what, what an amazing journey, Coach. And yeah. what a roller
0: coaster. Like, you know, what a roller coaster. And I suppose that brings us up to now. So thank you for sharing that journey with me. Yes. And yes. To dive in deeper, kind of day to day, as as you said, you're a transformational teacher, inspirational speaker. Uh, but as you said, you you don't teach or coach; you unteach and uncoach because we've all been <clears throat> programmed from society to, you know, uh, beyond the hamster wheel and mm-hmm. you know just be kind of kind of you know kind of you know kind of following material goods and material wealth and you talk a lot about spiritual awareness yes. and you know inner freedom living an authentic life fulfilling your your true purpose what does that look like how 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 do you kind of you know how do you explain that to to kind of the people that you're working with and you know what does that look like and in particular manifestation i know that's a huge passion of yours and you know, that whole kind of um, law of attraction, you know, like it has been kind of, you know, a big vehicle for manifestation. So how how do you kind of explain that to people as well?
1: Which part, because there's a few questions in what you're saying, which, 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 I'd just like you to define your question a bit more specifically I suppose the manifestation
0: piece because like that kind of that kind of spiritual awareness that mm-hmm. that you know people are are seeking you know like to be able to manifest
1: that and to be
0: to be able to kind of you know like kind of live your dreams
1: yeah, I mean look in life i I really believe that it's not your job to manifest everything is already manifested if anything it's your job to bring yourself into your job is to remove the blocks that prevent you from living and being in alignment more than anything. And, and so I would say in life, you don't get what you want. You don't get what you think about. You don't get what, you know, law of attraction or think it and think positively and affirm positively. You don't get what you think about, affirm about, visualize about, pray about, meditate about, you get what you are. And that's what you can't fake. You get what you are. You can, you know, hack your brain for a few moments and like, I'm going to think positive. I'm going to think positive. I'm going to think positive. But ultimately, uh, if you're carrying a bunch of energetic, vibrational, toxic residue, unresolved anger, pain, hurt, guilt, shame inside of you, eventually that's going to come out. And and if you're carrying that inside of you and that's where you're vibrating at, you will attract situations and experiences that correspond to the unresolved energetic patterns inside of you, right? And so you will attract what you are in the form of situations, experiences, and people that you could say vibrate at the level of your unresolved shit. And, And so that's what I mean. You will attract what you are, not what you want. You can want the house, the car, the love, the relationship, the soulmate, the this. But if inside of you, you're feeling unworthy and inside of you, you're feeling pain and inside of you, you're feeling hurt, inside of you, you're feeling sadness, inside of you, you're feeling, then that's what you're going to manifest. And so if you want to see what is in your unconscious, if you want to see what is deep in your own subconscious, just look at your life. Your life is an outpicturing of your most deeply held beliefs about yourself, what you most truly believe about yourself and and, and who you really are inside. Your life yeah. is the fruit and the mirror of what's going on inside. And the mirror doesn't lie. You can go to the mirror and be like, no, that doesn't look like me in the morning. Well, it is you. <laughs> doesn't matter if yeah. your breath smells or your hair is messy. It's like, that's you. You can get on the scale and you say, you weigh 180 pounds. You can be pissed off and mad But the scale, typically, unless it's broken, doesn't lie. And so to me, in the game of manifestation, it's not about trying to make things happen out there. Life is a reflection, a mirror manifestation of who you are. If that is the case, most of us, we get seduced into manipulating life out there i.e. we don't like what we see in the mirror, so we draw on the mirror. But when you draw pictures on the mirror, that doesn't change the reality. And so truly, to truly manifest, it's not about manipulating stuff out here. It's about changing yourself inside. And when you change yourself inside, when you do the internal work, the inner healing, the inner excavation, to clear the mental, emotional, psychological, energetic, vibrational, spiritual blocks within you that we have often been carrying due to our conditioning, then your vibration shifts, your energy shifts, your, your, your frequency shifts. And as a result, you vibrate at a different level and you begin to attract uh, something different into your life as a result of your own inner shift. And so I would say, take a look at your life. Do you like what you see? If you don't like what you see, don't be mad at the world. Don't be mad at society. Don't be mad at anything out there do the work and commit to changing yourself. And that's really what I help people do. I help people shift themselves and clear away the layers of conditioning that we've all built up over time so that you can connect with your essence. And from the, the place of your pure essence, you can create and attract something completely different. And to me, that's that's where the magic is. And so, look, as children, this is the essence of what, of, of kind of what I'll say, as children, we are all born free. We're born in touch with our divinity. We're born in touch with our true sense of well-being. We are alive. A child will jump on a table and sing and dance and shout. A child will dump on a table, doesn't care the fact that I can't sing like Bruno Mars. You know, a child doesn't care that, hey, I have cellulite and what do I look like on Instagram? We're just being pure, connected, alive, aligned, free mm-hmm. being. So what the hell happened? We incarnate. Into this human experience. We meet our parents, and God bless them. They're just doing the best that they know how to do based on their life and their parents and society and their grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. And so now maybe dad is crazy. Maybe mom is an alcoholic. Maybe they're fighting all the time. Maybe there's instability in the home. Maybe dad is abandoned. Maybe mom has left. Maybe there's divorce. Maybe there's pain. Maybe there's trauma, right? Maybe there's abuse, mental, emotional, physical, sexual. Maybe they were great people. But they just didn't know how to meet our emotional needs in some way. And that was painful because they didn't have the emotional language, the emotional capacity to know how to be present for us just based on their life. And so that's painful to feel helpless and to feel like my needs aren't being met as a child. And so two things happen in terms of the conditioning process. First thing is we learn all sorts of strategies to shut down, disconnect, not feel, shut down, disconnect, not feel in order to protect ourselves from the pain of feeling abandoned and unworthy and unloved and our needs aren't met and we suppress, 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 suppress before you know it. Layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of unprocessed, unacknowledged, suppressed feeling begin to cover up our true essence, cover up our true light, cover up our authentic nature. And and, and who we really are gets buried underneath decades of pain and hurt and anger and frustration. and, And we close our hearts and now we just go into the world disconnected from our essence and our soul and our light and our truth and our authentic nature and now we also learn a strategy of like who do I need to be to be loved by my dad and my mom and so we now learn to contort ourselves into a shape to become who we think we need to be in order to get love validation and approval and we become the the version of ourselves we develop a role and a mask and a persona in order to be loved in order to get love. In order, we become independent. We become the funny one. We become the kind one. We become the over-responsible one. We become the fill in the blank in order to get love validation and approval so that we can fit in and be loved. And, and we yeah. think that version of ourselves that we become is who we are. The challenge is it's not who we are. It's just what we've been conditioned to be. And so yeah. now we go into life so identified with this version that we've become thinking that I'm just this way. And based on that, you could say false identification and sense of who we think we are now we go into the world being different a place of being disconnected from our authentic nature believing lies about ourselves now we go into the world trying to manifest huh. how, how how would that work right mm-hmm. i want to and so many times the goals that we try to manifest i want this lamborghini I mean, hey, nothing wrong with a Lamborghini. You know, I want this car. I want this house. I want this type of person. I want to meet this kind of soulmate. Many times we don't realize because we've been conditioned that our goals that we're so desperately trying to manifest are projections of unmet needs from childhood. They are projections like, oh, if I can just get that body. If I can just be famous, if I can be the next Tom Cruise, if I can win a gram. if I can fill in the blank, make a gazillion dollars, then I'm going to be enough. And so many times the goals that we're trying to desperately manifest and use all these techniques to manifest, we're trying to manifest things that aren't really in alignment with our true nature, really in alignment with what is authentic to us. And even when we do manifest certain things, because you can from the ego perspective, manifest certain things. Maybe we've all had this experience where we manifested it only to realize that we weren't happy. And then what we thought we wanted was not what we really wanted. It was just what we thought we wanted based on who we thought we were. And so Mm -hmm. until you really know who you are, like, who am I really? What is my truth really? Many times what we try to manifest is not truly aligned. And so I help people clear away the layers of conditioning that cloud our own experience of our true, our true self, our heart, our essence, our souls, our being so that we can connect, so that you can connect to the truth of your being and from that foundation really get clear, who am I and what is true? What do I really want? Not what do my parents want and now I'm attached to that or what do I think society wants, but what do I really authentically want? Now from that place of freedom, and clarity, you can get clear on what it, what, what's true and what you really want to manifest, not what the ego wants to manifest. And then from that place of lightness and clarity, you can attract to you what you are, which is more connected. You know? And so anyway, that's a, that's a short answer.
0: But and could, and you know, like I, I love what you're saying there about you know, helping people kind of peel off those layers and to come down into their authentic self and you know, to feel that sense of authenticity and inner freedom and fulfilling their true life purpose. But what does that look like? Like, what, what are some of the practical things that people can do to start peeling those layers off?
1: Yeah, I think first we have to, to realize <clears throat> that we are conditioned. That's step one. That's their point, we, yeah, we, is to actually because realize that and because acknowledge we that, think that who we are is who we are, yeah. But we have to realize that we are conditioned because if we don't realize that we're conditioned, then we're just operating in, a, in an illusion of self, yeah. And so, yeah. just to acknowledge I'm conditioned, then we have to be willing to question our conditioning, and we're often afraid to question our conditioning because you know, for the reasons I've expressed, we get so identified with our sense of self as being this ego, that structure that we have become conditioned into, yeah. that we believe ourselves to be this, this pattern, this person, this persona, this role, this mask. We really believe that's who we are, and it's not. And so and mm-hmm. so, it can be challenging because it can be scary to question ourselves because when we're locked in an identity of ego, ego doesn't want to change because change for the ego Feels like a death. Yeah. Change for the ego feels like a death. And so the ego doesn't want to change. The ego wants to stay the same. But if we let go of a belief, if we let go and transform, if we change, if we shift, if we heal, then the fear, if I let go of those belief systems of I'm unworthy and I'm not enough, then who will I be if I don't believe those things about myself? Who will I be if I'm not this independent person? Who will I be if I'm not XYZ? And so it can be it can be very scary to question, to become aware, step one, and then begin questioning who am I and what do I believe can be scary because the yeah. ego resists and the ego's job is to reinforce its existence and the ego's job is to protect you from getting. Hurt. So the ego holds on so tightly, lives in denial, lives in resistance, lives unconscious. The ego wants everybody to change. It wants the world to change. It wants society to change. It wants my, it wants your, your parents to change, your kids to change, the president to change, your pet chihuahua to change. Ego wants your, you know, your, your everyone else to change, but it doesn't want to change because that's how it. It's a kind of form of self-preservation and so yeah. when we consult- it's almost kind of
0: parasitic isn't it it's almost like yes. a parasite and it's so familiar because it's inside you.
1: yes we have to be willing to then gently lovingly question ourselves and yeah. question ourselves is this true do i believe this how do i know this to be true how can i be sure about this about myself and and, and then we have to be willing to start feeling some of the feelings that we've learned through ego to suppress and shut down and deny and disconnect from. And we have to be willing to feel some of those feelings inside. And to me, mm-hmm. that's, that, that, that's, that's a real key. So, okay, let me give people like one simple, because it is a process, you know, and to be honest, mm-hmm. it's healing is a lifelong process. Yeah. Uh, it's not just do one thing, boom, I've transformed. It is, it's not, there's no formula for that. But what I will say is, If you're wondering, where do I begin? I want to start the healing process. I want to begin transforming. But I'm afraid. I want to begin transforming. I don't know where to start. What I would say is, one of the things that keeps us stuck, one of the things that keeps us blocked, one of the things that keeps us disconnected, one of the things that keeps us frozen in patterns are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. Mm. As human beings, we lie to ourselves for all the reasons I just shared. And some of it's not even intentional. Some of it's just unconscious. And it's survival more than anything. It's survival. The ego means well. It's just limiting, right? And so because we're afraid, oh, shit, if I really change, then how do I prevent myself from getting hurt again? And so I, I let, let, let me not change because at least I know how to, If I, if I keep my heart closed and I don't let anyone in, then I can't get hurt again. So you Mm. mean to say by healing and opening my heart? (gasps) Oh, that's scary. So And so that's, that's why we resist. Resistance is a natural strategy of the ego. And so I think one place to just start is looking at, okay, one of the ways we stay stuck are all the lies we tell ourselves. We stay in relationships that we know are not right. We work jobs that we hate. We betray ourselves to get love, validation, and approval. But the key is... There is no transformation without truth. There is no true healing without truth. Truth is real spirituality and truth is real therapy and truth is real yoga. We have to be willing to tell the truth to ourselves. And so I would invite people to start asking themselves the question, what lies am I telling myself? Yeah. What lies? Sounds like a simple question, but if you, if you do it, it will change your life. What lies am I telling myself? Start getting real. What what am I lying to myself about? What have I been lying to myself about? What am I not telling the truth to myself about? Staying in this relationship that I know, I know isn't right. I know it's not a lie. Yeah. Working this job that I know is numbing my soul. Yeah, it's numbing my soul. It's killing me. And so what I tell people is to ask yourself: What lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? What is it costing me? When we lie to ourselves. It is painful. When we lie to ourselves, it's meant to be painful. When we lie to ourselves, it's not meant to feel good. The pain is feedback that we are not in alignment. The pain is feedback that we are not telling ourselves the truth. The pain is feedback that's giving us an opportunity and a message to listen, to course, correct, to bring ourselves back into deeper alignment. And so what I would say to people is take the pressure off of yourself of having to change take the pressure off of yourself of having to change because sometimes the fear of the consequence of the change is what activates the ego to self-protect and now we're like I'm confused I don't know I'm not sure when deep down we know we have a sense and so when Mm. you take the pressure off of yourself from having to take action rather you don't need to take action that means you don't have to break up you don't have to leave your job just acknowledge the truth start with the truth the truth will set you free so when you can just start with you know i'm not in love with my wife anymore i haven't been in love for 5 years and just be with that you don't have to leave you don't have to divorce but you can't do anything and shift anything unless you acknowledge where you're at it might lead to a deeper conversation it might lead to a breakthrough conversation it might lead to both of you saying hey we're not in love we're not right for each other and Figuring out a way to move on. We don't know yet. But at least by getting in touch with the truth, you can feel what's underneath that. And that starts the process. It might look like acknowledging, I hate my job. And feeling that. You know, really feeling that. You don't have to leave acknowledging. It might mean simply acknowledging, you know, I have an issue with alcohol. I'm no longer going to pretend everything's fine. I have it under control. I have an issue with Alcohol. Feel that. Acknowledge that. You know, tell the truth about that, because that is the beginning of change. You can't change something if you're not honest about where you're at. And so where people can start is just start by telling the truth without judgment, without shame, without guilt and without having to do anything that will get you into relationship with what's there. Then that stirs some feelings inside
0: I love that, Coot. And it's that kind of, you know, that kind of idea of a radical acceptance to, to, to look around you and to radically accept where you are. That's, that's the first kind of starting point, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And then truth, as I say, beauty is truth. Truth is beauty. And, you know, but again, like, this isn't for the faint-hearted, as you know, as I know. Like, you know, like this, as you said, this is scary stuff. This is difficult stuff. But you
1: know, you know what's even more scary? Living, to stay, living, yeah, to stay stuck. Yeah. staying stuck and living that yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because now your life is predestined. That, if you really think about it, living the pain of what you're living for the next 40 years, damn. That's, that's, scarier. Damn, that's scarier. If you really, that's we just scarier. don't think about it, but damn, that's painful. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, the next 40 years of your life is going to be this. Is that really what you want? Like, holy, yeah. holy, that's painful, right? That's yeah. painful. And so uh, here's what I say. When we lie to ourselves, it is painful. It's meant to be painful. The pain is a signal. The challenge is this. And why we, why we can go 10, 20, 30 years and perpetuate our experiences because we feel the pain, but we distract ourselves from it what do we do? We found ways to anesthetize. My life sucks. My job sucks. My relationship is horrible. I know it's not right. I feel the pain. And so it's painful, but let me just like, I'm going to smoke marijuana all day and take the edge off so that I can find a way to cope with the lie that I'm living. Yeah. And all of a sudden, 20 years go by. We anesthetize it. Let me shop it away. Let me drink it away. Let me smoke it away. Let me porn it away. Let me social media it away. Let me, let me whatever, distract myself so that I don't have to feel the pain. Yeah, to 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 numb, numb, to distract. Numb it. And so, and that's what allows us to go 20, 30 years of just coasting through, we feeling the pain, but numbing the pain, anesthetizing. And I'm saying, no, feel it. Feel it. Acknowledge the pain. Feel the pain. And look at the pain. The pain is not bad. The pain is a messenger. The pain hasn't been, hasn't, hasn't, is not arising to keep you in pain. The pain is arising to get your attention so that you can make a change. Feel it. And the truth is, life is short, man. Before we know it, the pain of regret that you will feel at the end of your life or when you start realizing, wow. Now I'm 70, now I'm 80, now I'm 90. Now Time is running out. See, the, the truth is we will all die. You are going to die. I am going to die. We will all die. None of us know when that moment will come. And I hope we all live a long life. But, G- but Buddha died and Mother Teresa died and Gandhi died and Mandela died and Bruce Lee died and Muhammad Ali died. We're going to die. If they died, we're going to die. That's, the, that's for sure. And if death came right now, like I would say feel your death. For those that might be saying, oh, it's not for the faint of heart. This is hard. This, living a life that is painful, living a life devoid of love, living a life not expressing your heart and living your truth, that is painful if you allow yourself to feel it. It's painful like wow it's
0: that idea of memento mori you know the stoic um you know marcus aurelius memento mori that you know remember that you're gonna die feel it every day feel feel your
1: death because we're like yeah i'm gonna die i'm gonna die and the moment death happens like oh my god what happened we're gonna freaking die it's the only guarantee from the moment that we're born it's not just some nice you know uh uh, stoic quote It's reality It's real It's yeah. real We're gonna die We think we have forever But we don't And when yeah. we meet our maker Whatever you believe And you go to God You cannot go to God And say hey God Can I, can I get a refund On those two years I wasted in that relationship That I knew was not right Can yeah. I get a refund On that job And, and that, on that job That I numbed myself out In just to cope And wasted Ten years of my life it's yeah. gone. It's gone. God will, no second chances. God will say no. Refunds, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Then what? And so if death came right now, feel your death every day. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. And ask yourself if you're wallowing. Ask yourself if you're feeling stuck. Ask yourself if you're procrastinating. Is this how I want to die right now? Is this, is this how I want to go? This is the moment. And if... Death came right now, would you be ready? And if not, why not? What's ungiven? What's unsaid? What's unexpressed? What's uncommunicated? What's unforgiven? What's unloved? If you have a grudge, if you have a, you know, an, an upset, what do you need to forgive? And how do you need to live your life in such a way that you have no regrets? Like, what is it? Because the truth is, most of us realize this when it's too late.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I
1: I saw a great quote
0: the other day, Coot. It says, risk can be dangerous, Mm -hmm. but routine can be deadly. Mm -hmm. So, again, coming back to what you were talking about, you know, it can can feel risky and scary, but the routine of numbing and, you know, kind of being on that hamster wheel is Mm -hmm. worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, Coot, thank you for sharing that with me, man. Again, just that. You know that um, that wisdom and that kind of, I suppose, unlearning and uncoaching that you share with people and that ripple effect that's going out into the world. What's the favorite thing about your favorite thing about what you do
1: and why? Mm. Favorite thing about what I do and why? Why? Wow, I don't know if there's one favorite thing. I mean, I don't know if this answers your question, but for me, my favorite thing is seeing people transform and seeing people heal and seeing people seeing people connect with their truth connect with their hearts you know and truly heal like that's that's it's my mission is to help people be free and help people live who they are in the world freely and powerfully and authentically that's what I love you know the process isn't always easy for people but um, it's worth it. Ah, that, what else are we going to live? False versions yeah. of ourselves, you know? Yeah. Um, so so that's that's what I love. That's what I love. Cool. Yeah. I love that, Coosh. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And can
0: you tell me now how you mind you?
1: How I mind me, how I wow, routines, you mean routines and ways I take care of myself? Yeah. You know, honestly, I think for me, my routines are quite simple um, because I believe that life is not a series of things that you do once in a while, special things that you do once in a while, but really um, simple things you do every day. Uh, And so my routines are very simple. There's a couple of things that are non-negotiable. One thing that's non-negotiable is to wake up and I exercise every day. Every day. Doesn't sound like a big deal, and it's not. I don't have some crazy, crazy exercise routine, but at least an hour, an hour and 20 minutes a day, just depending, I do exercise, lightweight weight training, uh, cardio, but it's every day. Doesn't matter if I'm doing an event in Bali, an event in Japan, an event in India, I wake up, I'll go for a run. If it needs to be a bit less because I'm working 18 hours a day, but I'll, I'll, I'll exercise. You know, when I'm not doing events, it's definitely an hour to an hour and 20 minutes a day. Uh, and that just sets the foundation for my life, you know, um, meditation, do daily meditation. Um, yeah, th- those, those are some simple things. I drink uh, a gallon of water every day. That's pretty much consistent and non-negotiable. And I do my best to eat healthy. So, so I'll be honest, it's nothing crazy. Is just simple things like the foundation of exercise and, and, and endeavoring for me to live my life as a meditation more than anything to live my life as a spiritual practice i love
0: that one i love that thanks for sharing that with me Kish. and could, where can people find you
1: yeah i would say a couple of ways um number one get the book the magic of surrender uh, the paperback version because it's updated on amazon number two I would say, depending on when you're listening to this, if you have been inspired by the conversation, if you if you feel as though you've been put on the planet for a purpose bigger than yourself, and you feel like you're ready, man, you're, you you want to you want to share your gifts with the world, and you're ready to heal, you're ready to transform the blocks that have prevented you from or prevent you from fully expressing your magnificence. You're ready to connect to your power. You're ready to share your gifts with the world and live your purpose. Twice a year, the over the last 12 years, twice a year, I've done a very special event in Bali. 12 days experiential seminar training, immersion without walls in Bali called Boundless Bliss, the Bali Breakthrough Experience. It's for leaders, for visionaries, for those that want to have an impact on the planet. Um... And I was guided to create it 12 years ago, and I was told that there were souls that were destined to do it, that when they heard about it, would would feel something. They would feel a calling. And so if that's you, I want to invite you to this, this. I've done 21 of these events this December, the 5th through the 16th. That's the 5th through the 16th. I'm doing my 22nd event in Bali, 12 days with me, diving deep, 18 people maximum. And uh, it's going to be, it, it is the deepest level of my work. And it is one of the most powerful things that I think someone can do. And so December the 5th to the 16th, Boundless Bliss. This December actually is my final ever Boundless Bliss Bali. Um, I'm focusing on bigger events and other events. And so if you feel it, this is your opportunity, my friends, uh, www Boundless, blissbarley.com. That's boundless, blissbarley.com. Go to the website, watch the video, read the website. You have to apply. There is an interview process, but if you feel called, trust the calling. Um, I have a podcast, Soul Talk. People can check that out, Soul Talk, on iTunes and Spotify. And uh, yeah, say hi on Instagram. Coot Blackson, K-U-T-E, my name, Coot Blackson
0: cool well i will put links to your website um, and to your instagram and i can i've listened to your podcast and i can tell everyone it's amazing i would encourage everyone to kind of check that out you've spoken to some amazing guests and some really inspiring and you know inspirational golden nuggets in there so um i'd encourage everyone to check that out and Thank you so much, Coot, for being so honest with me about your amazing journey and for sharing with me that amazing toolkit that you have and how you're helping so many people to look at spiritual awareness and, you know, just kind of feel mm-hmm. those, those feelings of inner freedom, authenticity and fulfilling, you know, their true purpose and the ripple effects of that man go out to the world. You. And, keep up the amazing work and best of luck with everything that you do in the future. Thank you thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Mind You and I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe and follow Mind You Podcast wherever you listen to it and please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world find me and mind you at brianbarneswellbeing.com and remember to mind you.